Welcome to Money Talks, a series of interviews with me, Liam Halligan, Economics and Business Editor of GB News. In this episode, I talk to Mark Durkin, Dean of Ulster University Business School. Recorded at the Titanic Visitor Centre in Belfast, this interview outlines the development of the Northern Ireland economy since its shipbuilding heyday, highlighting the growing importance of high-tech medical and life sciences, as well as tourism and hospitality. Durkin discusses the crucial impact of the 1998 Belfast Good Friday Agreement in improving Northern Ireland's business environment and the growing economic importance of the nation's higher education sector. This discussion was originally broadcast as part of GB News Northern Ireland Week in November 2021. Mark, thanks a lot for joining us here in Northern Ireland. It's great to have you on on the show. A lot of people say that one of the key attributes of Northern Ireland in attracting inward investment is its people, and in mm-hmm. particular, uh, its highly educated people. I'm sure you'd agree with that. Oh, totally. We're in the, in the business of possibility for those young people, so the talent pipeline that, that both universities create here is an absolute attractor for the FDI that we're seeing coming into Belfast and Northern Ireland more generally. What would you say about the state of uh, higher education here in Northern Ireland at the moment? Obviously, the big two universities known around the UK and the world, Queen's and then Ulster University that you're part of. How important are they to the Northern Ireland economy in general? Oh, they're they're critically important to the economy. Um, In terms of that talent pipeline and the graduates that we produce, what we at Ulster try and do is make sure those graduates can do as well as think. So it's not just about the cerebral experience of a university experience, it's about can they actually have the skills to add value to the business community. So while we're based in Belfast and we have a new campus just about to open through next year, we're also in Coleraine and we're also in Derry, Londonderry. And I think that regional spread really allows us to speak to the sub-regional economies of those areas and that adds real value to the business community and society more generally. Now both Queen's and Ulster are known for the humanities and so on, big heritage but I think both big universities here in Northern Ireland are known in particular now for IT, cyber security, tech in general. Yep absolutely I mean I suppose the the biggest area of investment within Northern Ireland and Belfast particularly has been in the whole area of fintech so in the last couple of years. It's where financial services meet technology. Yeah yeah And, and I think when you think about what we've all been through in the last two years you've seen a great increase in the level of financial transactions So the fintech industry is obviously based upon that. Associated with that then, you have reg tech emerging because we obviously have to have compliance around those financial transactions and the growth in that. So we're seeing those two big hubs really, really emerge. But also, Liam, you know, advanced manufacturing. Northern Ireland was always known for its manufacturing base. Um, A hundred years ago, two thirds of manufacturing on the island happened in Northern Ireland. That has since flipped. But what we're starting to see now is advanced manufacturing emerge. And that, with city deals and growth deals, we're starting to see investment in that as well. So, tremendous potential for the region. Tell us in particular about Coleraine, the Ulster University campus in Coleraine. It's a very picturesque part of the country, obviously. Yeah, yeah. Giants Causeway is yeah. very nearby, a world-renowned um, uh, nat- natural uh, attraction. But what is it about the Coleraine campus that you think is particularly interesting? So each of our campuses have a different emphasis. Uh, in Coleraine, it tends to be more science-orientated, although the business school, which I run, has a hospitality and tourism management uh, section there that's actually ranked first in the UK for the quality of what it does. To speak to your point about that outdoor 
uh, orientation that we have there, the tourism, the hospitality, the artisan food sector, that all plays to the strength that the university and the business school have. So we, while we're a unitary institution, we're nuanced in terms of those sub-regional economies that we serve in Belfast, Coleraine and in Derry, Londonderry. Now, when I was a, a, a kid looking to go to university, very few of my peers would have considered, with all respect, coming to Northern Ireland. It was the late 80s. The, the yeah, troubles yeah. were in full swing. It was a difficult time. Mm-hmm. But I now have university-aged children, and many of their friends are talking about coming to the island of Ireland in general, yeah. uh, and to Northern Ireland in particular. They're coming to me for advice, not that I'm fit to advise them. But you are attracting quite a lot of students, aren't you, from the UK mainland, if you like, from GB, but also from the rest of the world. Oh, very, very much, Liam. I was going to actually say that. I mean, it's not just about uh, students from England, Scotland, Wales here coming to Northern Ireland. It's also the international reputation that the region is getting. And of course, there's world class, both universities are world class in terms of what they do. But it's also about the social experience that they have when they come here. It's about the friendliness of the people. It's about the destination campuses, for example, that we would offer across the region. And I think that, that, that student experience is very differential here and can add a lot of value. So we are seeing tremendous interest. We're both old enough, Mark, to remember times when Northern Ireland was different. Yes, of course, there are ongoing issues with, with the protocol and Brexit. But I think it's fair to say this place has been transformed since the uh, Belfast Good Friday Agreement of 1998. What difference has it made to you personally and the higher education community as a whole? Yeah, it's an interesting question. I mean, I, I did grow up through the Troubles. I, I remember them very well. Um, I think thinking back to that, it's like a different life in terms of where we are. And it's, it's a completely different environment. Um, the people that, that I would teach and be in lecture theatres with when I go in to see the students and I look at their dates of birth, you know, they have no memory, no context of, of mm-hmm. what had gone before. So I think in, in many ways the slate is, is wiped clean for those younger people. And what we try and instill, certainly from a business school perspective, is... Um, a sense of possibility. I think for many, for many during the Troubles, there was a sense of impossibility and a dependency on the state to help and to guide. What we want to try and do is have those young people in part take shape, uh, shape their own destiny and to manage their own futures and, and to give them skills, I suppose, and a mental framework to be comfortable with uncertainty, to be comfortable with ambiguity and to see opportunity in, in that change that's around us, whether it's Brexit or, or pandemic, you know, to try and emerge from that without being defined by it. I've got to ask you this question. You're a leading figure in education here in Northern Ireland. You're the dean of the Ulster University Business School. It's a very significant position, if I may say so. As somebody with a close affinity to Ireland as a whole myself, I have to ask you, to what extent does it shape Northern Ireland's future, the fact that Many people are still educated separately, if you like. Schools tend to be delineated along religious lines. Surely there's always going to be at least some division or some remnant of division with the best will in the world while that continues. I can't disagree with that. I would be very much a supporter of integrated education. When you see the collaboration that happens at university level, for example, Mm. and what we're about really at Ulster is inclusivity Mm. and modernity. We're not about exclusivity and tradition. So that, that inclusivity goes to, to the point you make. It, it's about all cultures coming together in a university environment, the, the freedom of speech that comes with that, the freedom to think in new ways, and, and to learn from other cultures as they join us in, the, in that university community. 
is really important. And I think, you know, we would often talk about travel being the best education yeah. in, in ourselves and our families, you know, to go overseas and see new things. What we want to do is try and bring people here so that the community of Northern Ireland can be exposed to those other perspectives. And I think we're making significant progress on that, but it, it, it just takes time. Of course, we have faith schools across the UK. You have, uh, you have Muslim schools, you have Jewish schools, you have Roman Catholic schools uh, right across uh, the UK. So there's nothing wrong in principle with it. But surely here in Northern Ireland, it would be advantageous uh, and would help to build a real sense of unity if kids from different yeah. Yeah. communities, different religious backgrounds made a point of going to school together. Yeah. Is there any chance, and I'm sorry to sound naive by asking it, but is there any chance that that may happen at some stage? I, I don't think it's a naive question at all. I, th I think it's a good one. I mean, um, when I was growing up, we used to have in the curriculum something called Education for Mutual Understanding. And it, w it was, to your exact point, it was about understanding the perspectives of the other community. It was about people coming together and learning from each other. I think universities as agents of change in, in the environments that they sit within, in the place that they're from, have a key role in helping us do that. Um, I think at, at a school level, integrated education does help with that. But there, there's, there's a mindset change that I think um, leaders within Northern Ireland have to recognise that, and it's just really about enabling it as we go forward. What do you think is the best possible thing that the British government could do now to assist Northern Ireland, to help get the entrepreneurial dynamism that we know is here, it's been here for generations, yep. to really make it... Uh, productive and to turn it into higher living standards, less state, state subsidy yep. for this important part of the UK? Yeah, that's good. I mean, it's a good question. We, we're what? We're 6% of the landmass of, of, of the UK. We're 3% of the population and we're 2% of the GDP, right? So I think investing and in... public the, spending is 21% higher per head yep. than the rest of the country. And, and, and the other side of this equation is the public sector employs 27% of the workforce. So we have a disproportionately big public sector. We have a private sector where, if you look at small businesses in Northern Ireland, they employ more than the large companies and the public sector combined. And what I think we really need from government is to release the potential of those smaller businesses. Yeah. So there, there's lots of policy interventions, I, I would argue, in quite a fragmented way. And it's about perhaps trying to bring those together in a more cohesive way to help small businesses. Um, this week alone, I, I was at two events that, that speak to your point, if you'll permit me. One was a new ambassador circle that Tourism Northern Ireland, Invest Northern Ireland have created that will encourage conferences to come to Northern Ireland to allow people to see what is here. Mm. And the other one was an Ulster University Business School and Federation for Small Business report called Back to the Startup, mm. which is all about looking at policy interventions around encouraging startup and growth within our small business community and what we need to help create an ecosystem around that. So government working with educators, working with business in a more integrated way. I think those kind of direct interventions could be really helpful to, to releasing the potential that you speak to. It's hardly surprising this economy is dominated by small businesses, right? People yeah. from this island, both sides of the border, have travelled around the world and set up businesses yeah. literally for generations. Do you see that creative spark among your students as the dean of the Ulster Business School? Totally. Totally see it every day. Um, creativity, pe people talk a lot about innovation, Liam. Uh, and innovation is almost a buzzword now as we, as we talk about how things will change, not just here, but, but, but more widely. For, for me, innovation is preceded by creativity. You spoke to the creative spark. Mm. Without the creative spark, the innovation doesn't come. 
and without entrepreneurship and entrepreneurial activity to bring the innovation to market, we're not going to be able to create the value that we could. So innovation in and of itself is just one part of the creative, innovative and entrepreneurial process. And that's what we try and teach in the business school. That journey is not just about innovation, it's about creativity to stimulate the innovation and from there to get it sold into the market at value. And that's where we'll get the higher value jobs, that's where we'll get a rise in living standards. And we've got over 1,100 multinational companies represented here in Northern Ireland, not just in Belfast, but across the country. You're getting more inward investment per head now than Scotland, and Scotland's Mm -hmm. no slouch when it comes to that. What would you say, finally, Professor Mark Durkin, to international investors who are thinking coming to the UK, why Northern Ireland? Northern Ireland, because when you come here, you will be struck by the openness of the people, their willingness to do business with you, the environment in which you can do business and the support that's there, and most important of all, the talent pipeline that you will see come into your business. People who can think, but people, more importantly, who can leverage that thinking into value for you and your business, and that's why you should come. Professor Mark Durkin, the Dean of Ulster University Business School, thanks a lot for joining us. Pleasure, Liam. Thank you. Thanks a lot for listening to Money Talks. If you enjoyed this podcast, please do leave a rating and a review on Apple iTunes, YouTube, or wherever you're listening or watching. Please subscribe to Money Talks so you never miss an episode. And check out my TV show, On The Money, which appears at 1pm Monday to Friday on GB News. Or you can catch up via the GB News YouTube channel or app. GB News, Britain's news channel.